our first um, uh, reading of this book. I hope you all are enjoying it because I believe it is something that speaks. Amen. It is a book that speaks to us for the time that we're living in right now. And so that makes it easy for us to grasp what God is doing here. And so I'm very, very thankful uh, to Pastor Shirley for being obedient to, you know, just to bring forth the word of God, you know, in a consistent and a clear manner and and uh, share with us the insights that God gives her. That's how we grow as a body. You know, the, the ministers are there to help us through their gifts and so when they let that gift be used by God it's just a wonderful thing to see how revelation unfolds makes our lives better it enriches everything that we learn from the word of God enriches us you know you'll never never get worse by reading God's word unless your your heart's you know messed up you know there's some people that grab the Bible because they want to prove something to somebody but I know I used to do that before I knew the Lord and when I started getting in there in the word with the wrong motive he got me you know what I'm saying so pretty soon you you learn better you know what I'm saying you just learn some manners about the word of God it's never to be used against anybody it's to be used for people to help them so so um, in in this chapter though uh, the writer is telling us that we have a clear mandate from God as to what to do I don't believe there are Christians that don't know or don't have any idea what they're supposed to be doing with their time here on this earth. I think what happens sometimes though is people get it misunderstood sometimes from being around you know we learn from the influences in our lives Uh, in the household parents learn from children you know if your children have habits that you don't like you need to break your bad habits you know I mean it just goes that way people don't like to hear that but that's very true you know if you watch your children if you're a parent or if you're an observant person if you don't have children you watch how people interact with one another and we we interact by imitating whether you think you do or not you interact by imitating you get something on television and pretty soon everybody's trying to do it from swallowing Tide Pods to well, I don't know what other else stuff they do but everybody likes to be included we want to be a part of things man being made in God's image is a reflection and so we're always looking for the original that's why we imitate what we see you got me we're looking for the original and so until you find the original imitate the original you will imitate what's in your environment it's just that way and it's not all bad if parents would would learn that they are the teachers and models for their children they would start and they find how easy it is to raise obedient children I said, huh? But I found out through observation, and I think it's true, that, that parents lose sight of the fact that they have that power of influence over their children. They do. Many times parents get frustrated in their attempts to correct negative behaviors, but the easiest way to correct them is to model good behavior. Amen? 
and encourage your children when they imitate the good that you do. Because the only thing that's happening when they get out of whack, they're either imitating the bad they see you do or the bad they see their peers do. And don't blame it all on the, them other kids. You know, as many mothers were visiting their sons in prison saying, well, he just got in with the wrong crowd. Honey, he was the ringleader. Didn't the judge tell you that? Huh? So really, it's very simple. You know, God will show you these things. Why do you think children, even kids with bad parents, love their parents? You can't get them to say much bad about their parents. God put that in them towards you to make it easy for you to influence them for good. You understand what I'm saying? You just have to be consistent at it. And so God will get you. He'll force you to be consistent because you want your children to be consistent. So if you're consistent in the good that you do, your children will model that behavior. They just pattern what they see. And then it's easy for you to correct the small things that maybe they're they're going off course a little bit here and there. It's not that difficult. We make it hard. You know what happens? The devil likes to throw problems in front of you. I'm too busy trying to put bread on the table to do all that. You know what I'm saying? He makes it you think life is so hard. That you don't have time to put effort into, I don't know why I'm saying this, but you don't have time to put effort into disciplining and patterning for you. He makes you think those things won't get worked out if you stop and deal with what's important first. Get that taken care of first and the rest of it will fall in line. You understand what I'm saying? Because you'll have a great happily ever after with the whole family. If you understand God has given me authority. He's given me a position in my child's life. He's given me a place of responsibility and of love and 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 reciprocal uh, relationship with them and the ability to teach and train them through modeling for them through being a good example and so it, it's it's very very easy there may be some tough things god may challenge you let you go through some challenges in some ways but i'm telling you uh there is very clear from scripture if god says train up your children he means you to do that and they will respond he's not saying keep beating your head against the wall and they'll never get it he'll say you train them up He said, I'm giving you the authority and the ability to train them up in the ways of the Lord. And they will consistently do what I tell you to do. But you be the pattern for them. Don't you fall down on the job. Don't you give up and don't you get frustrated. You just keep going back to God, you know, and and he will help and he will uh, empower you. He'll give you all kind of wise ideas for how to how to raise your children in the ways of the Lord. And that is so, so very important. If they don't get anything else, let them get that. Amen. I remember talking to somebody. They were, uh, they were, their children were very small. Somebody in the ministry. And, and they were saying that they couldn't help their children with all of their homework. They didn't understand a lot of, well then, you know, we know that's common now because of common core. Don't nobody understand that stuff. They flipped up the, the, uh, curriculum on us. But they were saying that, that they couldn't, they felt badly because they couldn't master everything the child needed to know. And, and the Lord told me, He said, you tell her that's not her job to master everything. Teach discipline them. Teach them my 
my ways. Teach them to be polite. Teach them to be mannerable and respectful and to obey the authority that's placed over them. And when they have questions, bring those questions to you. And you guys pray those things out. And so she said, I said, did you hear me? She said, yeah, I'm writing it down. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Well, and, and so to be honest with you, I've watched them over the years and not one of her children has missed anything that God had for them. They all got grown good jobs in school finish school why they she taught them there's ways and when they strayed away from that that discipline of being polite mannerable and honorly and respecting authority she disciplined them and brought them right back in and the father too and so it's not that hard folks it's really not that hard the same thing is with our mandate from god and what we're supposed to do as christians it's no mystery Jesus' last words in Mark 16, 17, and 18, go ye, y'all get up and go. Huh? <laughs> get on up. Get to get to get and get a move on. So what that means is that we are to move forward on a continual basis. Go ye, that's y'all, as every one of y'all. It was, it's a plural and not a singular. So you know, people, you know, when people see the word you in the Bible, well, who, he was talking to them people back then. He told, yeah, he talking to you too. Amen. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I remember back in the days when, when we were new in the things of God, we're always running into people that, uh, just mean old religious people that would say, well, so and so, you know, well, you know, some people, they can't be saved. I said, yeah, but you don't know who they are. You're supposed to preach to everybody. I don't care if you don't like them. Maybe that, that, you know, you need to learn how to love people and maybe your words will be effective toward them. But we have a clear mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Know what that means? That you're not limited to just those in your household. You're not limited to just your neighborhood. You must open your mouth and share Christ everywhere you go with every person that you, you know. Um, Jan Johnson, y'all know her. She comes to our church on Sunday. God has used her to do some very unique and unusual things that, that very few people are anointed to do. She said that God told her one time to go get on a train, go to somewhere. She was on a subway or something like in New York City. And she said, the Lord said, okay, get on up and tell them. She got up in the middle of the subway and said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And she said there were Christians there that were applauding. And she said, Jesus wants you to know he loves you and he don't want you to die here. And she off she went with it. And she does this over and over again whenever God moves on her to do that. She'll get up in a minute. You know, if you wanted them people that like to shrink in the chair with... <laughs> you better not go nowhere with her. <laughs> She'd be highly embarrassed. She'll give tracks to people any any and everywhere. She's given out thousands of tracks over the years that I've in fact that's how I met her. I would write tracks and I supplied them to her. But she's one of those people who understands what she's here for. 
She don't have no argument and quibble with God about it. She said, nah, Barb, he got me straight on that. You know, she said that to me over the years about things she was concerned about or fearful about. But but she is one who will just definitely get out there and, and share Christ with any and everybody, whatever arena God puts her in. So her mandate is clear in her mind that this is her purpose here on earth is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And she has been challenged over the years with different things that, you know, financially, always the devil's going to challenge us that way. And she's prayed herself through every single challenge, but always got back to the basic of what she's here for. And God has helped her and, and sustained her through many, many ups and downs over the years. So anyway, here the writer tells us, and Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Even when you're scared of them, preach the gospel to them. Amen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Now, these are the signs that follow those who believe. And it, I, I think it's a good thing that, that this scripture um, explains that it's that we produce the signs that God confirms what we are doing with signs following. Because there's so many people get hung up on the word baptized. Well, if that water baptism, well, if you don't get water baptism, no, let's skip over to baptism and get to the signs. Because we've got a number of baptisms. We have the baptism in the name of Jesus where people believe. The word baptism really means to be immersed in something, to be covered with something, and to be swallowed up in something. So we also have the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And people try to say, well, you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. They get hung up on the word baptism. And they're not sure why it's even there. But it says he who does not believe will be condemned. That's the most important part is your faith. The signs that follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, let me ask you this. If you had to have any of those things working in your life, what do you think would be the most important thing to have so that God could fulfill the Great Commission or you could do what you're mandated to do? It's whatever causes you to have faith. To lay hands on the sick, to preach the gospel, to produce so that God can see some fruit coming out of your life. So that's the most important thing about this. Don't, you know, people have argued for years about do you have to be saved for water baptism? Well, you see an example in the, in the Bible about a eunuch that spoke in tongues. And Philip asked him, he said, well, you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's to keep you from being baptized in water? So we see the baptism in the Holy Spirit is superior to water baptism. Water baptism is just an outward sign of an inward change, an inward conviction. So, But you want to produce the signs of the workings of the Holy Ghost in you so that you can help humanity. 
I'd rather be able to pray for a sick person and see them healed than to run around and strut and say, I got dunked in water. If I had to make the choice, it's best to do all of them. You understand what I'm saying? Don't leave anything out. He says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So we can say Jesus is the Father's right hand man. The right hand was a hand of strength. If a, a king sat on, when the king sat on the throne, there were people who were at his right and those who were at his left. Favored people were always at the right hand. Amen. Non-favored people or people who were a little shady were on the left. Amen. It's just true. The uh, Latin word for, for left is sinister. Sinister. Left-handed people were considered to be evil people at one time. I'm talking about back in superstition days. But the left hand was always considered not so good. Look at left, left, uh, political left wing, or you know, wing people. Left wing people. Very liberal. Let you do anything. On your way to hell. Right wing people are people who are on the right side of things. So there's some wisdom here. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so that makes him close to the Father. It makes him one who easily cooperates with the Father. That makes him one that is trusted by the Father God. That is the place of where the heir sits, the one who is being trained to take over, is always on the right side. When a king sat on his throne, those people who were trusted assistants of his always were at his right side, not his left. Amen. If you got, if the, you approached the throne, uh, to speak to a king, you approached him face on and then he would have you go over to the right to talk to whoever first and then they would com- communicate your request to the king. You seldom talk to them directly. And so Jesus is in that favored position. That's important for us because he can ask favor of the father on our behalf. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He is talking up for you. He is not talking you down. When you go to get something, when you go to pray, you need something from God. Jesus always talks you up. He tells God, let them have it. They're going to do good with that. I know them. You can trust them, Dad. Let's give them what they need. Amen. So we need an advocate. Because if we don't have an avid, you don't think you up in, in God's face on your good looks and your winning personality, huh? And your sweet breath. Let us not go there. <laughs> that would disqualify all of us, amen, at some point. But we're there because we have somebody who can go to bat for us because we lack in so many areas. I don't know anybody who prays a perfect prayer. I don't know anybody who does anything perfectly. But Jesus looks at your heart. And if your heart's not right, the Holy Spirit can tell you, hey, you know what? Let's take care of this. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't go to the Father, ask him for something, and you, you know, all that, you know, <laughs> with the cousin and Bay Nim and Bay Nim and they didn't mess with your money and took your stuff and all that. You can't go up there with all that animosity in there. 
Let's get rid of that. Let's ask forgiveness. Amen. Let's, let's come proper. Amen. And you'll be able to get what you need. And the, the best part about that is when your heart's pure, you can enjoy what you have. You, you know, if you, if you keep trying to skim around with God and do the minimum and, you know, being mad at everybody and blaming everybody for everything, you can't even enjoy your life. You can have stuff, but, but it won't avail you much. So we have to learn how to come up, and we can do this. All we have to do is let these things go, and we can come up to God's standards, and we can learn how to live in what they used to call the newness of life. Amen? Live that new life in Christ like he wants us to live. So we do have a mandate to live for God. We have a mandate as much as possible. Let God handle the sin, iniquity, fear, doubt, all of those things. Release those things to God and allow and allow peace to come and settle in in your heart. You know, we should be the most peaceful people on the face of the earth. We really should because we have the king of peace living on the inside of us. I don't get these churches where people fight all the time. There's always somebody mad at somebody and... You know what I'm saying? Like, what y'all going for? You know what I'm saying? Go in, man. Come out, man. And I know you didn't meet the devil when you went in there. That's God's house. So we have to to live that life. You know, if you're not peaceful on the inside of you, you you go to God and let him work you over until you get peaceful. You understand what I'm saying? Release that stuff and let it go and let God have it. So the writer says here at the bottom of page 15, end time warriors have signs following them and fruit remaining in the earth. We have fruit that remains. If you don't have eternal fruit, keep praying. Keep seeking God. Keep understanding that God wants to perfect those things that we've invested our prayers in. You know, I'm kind of not satisfied with partial this or almost that. You know, that's okay for sinners. Maybe that's okay before I met the Lord. But I know God says clearly in his word what I'm supposed to expect him to bring into my life. And it's always the good and the perfect. Amen. It's all, he will perfect the things that even concern us. If you got things that are out of joint in your life or not, not giving you peace about them, he says he will perfect those things. He will cause them to conform to his word and line up with his word every single time. So we are to, to produce fruit that remains, not only in the earth, but into eternity as well. Amen. When you, when you pray for people, who are sick. They should get well and stay well. And they should continue to improve in their health, you know. Now, the exception would be a believer. Sometimes believers, you know, they get enough of being down here. You, you understand what I'm saying? They, they have a will as well. You know, I, I prayed for people and they went home to be with the Lord, but I knew they were content and they were peaceful about it. You, you understand me? Then we pray for people. They've lived way beyond where anybody said that they would live. You know, considering everything that was going on with them. I remember um, uh, Raymond's mom. She had a stroke. I know she lived at least 10, 15 years after she had that stroke. She lived a long time after that. 
Yeah, and she just went home to be with the Lord about a year ago. See, you never know how long somebody has. And see, it's up to God. He says he will satisfy them with long life. Now, she had some residual from the stroke. She had, she, but she, and she lived the last few years of her life in a nursing home. But she was satisfied. Apparently, she didn't leave here until she was not satisfied with her life anymore. And so we have to understand the things of God. So there's fruit that remains and it remains and it remains and it remains. Sometimes we don't have a clue how people are still hanging on. You you understand what I'm saying? But that's between them and God. Our job is to pray. And so as a believer, if you can look and see, man, I prayed for so-and-so or our church prayed for them or the ministry prayed for them. And they're still alive. They're still serving God. You know, all of those things. Those are things to feel that you have accomplished the mandate that's on your life. God will show you the results of your prayers. And he will show you how uh, to stay encouraged in your prayer life. You know, you don't set the standard. God does. But I'm all, I've always been amazed sometimes at how what God does in a person's life when we pray. We pray the best we can. God will take that prayer and translate it into what that individual needs. Because we don't know what everybody needs specifically. And sometimes they don't know what they need. They just come asking. And so as long as we can can uh, fulfill the the clear mandate that God has given us. Our biggest mandate is that of prayer. Because you can't pray for a sick person. You can't do anything of that without a life of prayer between you and God yourself. You've got to have that. And so once you you begin a life of prayer with God, you begin to realize that there's a whole lot of work to be done down here. You're not responsible for all of it, but you are responsible for your part. Like everything is not optional. Because if we had optional, what kind of church would we, we be with options? Suppose you, you had a, uh, you were a patient in a hospital and it was optional for the, the workers to come when they felt like it. You could lay up there and die. Because everybody could take the option not to come that day when you really, really needed some help. It's the same thing in the church. We don't have the option to obey God or not. You know, I look at people that started in this ministry and quit, fell out with somebody about something, you know, wasn't getting enough attention or, uh, you know, I've had people say stuff like, well, you know, I don't go to that church no more because I was sick and nobody called me. I said, the Bible say you're supposed to call for the elders of the church. You didn't have no phone. You're on the phone talking to everybody else. I saw you on Facebook. No, you, you wasn't intending to stay. You know, you were looking for the first, first sign of anything negative to give you an excuse to move. Huh? You need to get, be like the old Baptist. <laughs> you ever seen the mean Baptist people? Ain't nobody running me out of this church. They come in there with their gun on their hip and stuff. They ain't running me out of here. We need to have at least that much of a commitment. You understand what I'm saying? They ain't running me out of here. It's funny. But we do, we must be committed, folks. The fact that God has put His Spirit in us, that's our commitment. Holy Spirit reminds us continually what we're to do.
and and step into that flow of what God has for you. Amen. We are to have fruit that remains. So if there are no signs or wonders following your works, you are not living as an end time warrior. Amen. Warriors fight a real enemy and they win. You got me? You don't you don't fight to a draw. You got to fight until it's until they they quit. Amen. Make the devil quit. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This means we leave no man out. We don't get to judge who deserves the gospel and who doesn't. The gospel is for everyone. We preach the gospel to the poor and to the rich. Preach to everybody, every creature. And Jesus said that signs follow those who believe and preach the gospel. That's you and me. The end time war army signs will follow if you believe. It's very important that we don't inject doubt into our work for the ministry, into our work for God. Uh, and when I say inject doubt, that means constantly trying to check back and see what happened. You know what I'm saying? You, you let God, see God produces the signs. We don't look for them. God will report when, when you need to be encouraged, God will show you the fruit of what you do. But until then, it's not time to inspect fruit. It's like if you planted uh, tomatoes and in the packet said it takes 21 days before even a little green shoot will show up. You don't go looking for a tomato the next day. It's the same thing with your prayer life. It might take some while, huh? For for And give God time to work on things. Give him time to work on situations. Huh? Some of them relatives y'all got, my goodness. You, I mean, come on. You ain't going to get no overnight salvation. And then some of them might trick you and fool you. You know, just when you think. It's always that way. You be thinking, oh, I ain't, ain't going to have him over here this time. Sitting up eating up all my food. Asking me what kind of gravy is this and what. Them, that's the ones I'm talking about. The ones you barely can get them, you know, you barely can tolerate them being in the same room with you. You be looking at your watch, what time is it? Is it time to go home yet? Let me see. Roll up the floor or something, anything. The minute you think nothing's shaking with them whatsoever, you're ready to throw in the towel on them. And then all of a sudden they're, ah, gee, guess what happened to me? I say, I didn't even think you was interested in God, you know? Never fails. Never fails. So I learned to let God be in charge of the fruit. Amen. The Bible says the Lord, they went everywhere preaching to every every person, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So it's not just you doing this. Jesus works with the church. He confirms the word that you preach with signs following. I don't care if you've never seen anybody healed. I don't care if you've never, if you don't feel like they might get healed. I don't care what you think. You got to tell them people, we're going to pray and God's going to heal you. You got to say it just like that. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what the word says. It said Jesus healed everybody came to him in faith. Don't you dare go to people in doubt. Amen. 
Now there are sometimes like like for instance now now sometimes people will need counsel or need a word from God or something like that. And I'll say, "Well, let let me see what God has to say to you." If he has a word for you, I will gladly give it to you. You understand? You can't go over promising and underperforming either. But the things that you know are the will of God, you can freely tell. Say, girl, God God can heal you. He's going to heal you. Do you believe he can do that? Well, let's ask him right now. Let's pray. And from this day forward... You thank him for healing you. You receive it right now by faith and you go rejoicing and thanking him that you are healed. Amen. And so we have to make sure that our counsel lines up with God's word. That our faith lines up with God's word. There's going to be a first time for everything. You understand there's a first time for things you do in the kingdom. Just like there were first time. The first time you smoked a joint or you... You you weren't too timid about that, huh? I remember uh, Louise used to make me smoke cigarettes. I blame her, Louise. And we stand in the in the bathroom. My mother knew it was. Yeah, who don't can't smell cigarette smoke? With the window open, blowing it out. And she said, girl, you don't do it like that. You do it like this. You know, and all that old kind of crazy stuff. But I had to do it, right? You know, you get involved with people. That's, that's the way it is with the gospel. Same, same way with your little bad habits you got. Huh? Amen. All you dope smokers. I remember the first time I drank liquor, I, I think I slept for about four hours. But I got up and drank some more. That didn't stop me from, you understand what I'm saying? I don't mess with it now. I come from a long lines of people that, you know, got crazy with that fire water. Uh-huh. Now, I don't touch that stuff. Touch none of it. I don't touch beer. I don't, I'm not a sipping saint. No wine. We even do grape juice with communion. I don't, I don't put no alcohol nowhere. Uh-huh. I remember uh, we had just moved. We moved to Detroit, and you know, I didn't have a didn't have a little congregation anymore. I was just floating around. And we went, and I felt like I said, "Well, Lord, I don't know what to do." I said, "I don't have a ministry. I can't. I'm not preaching. I I felt like a fish out of water." And then we went to a people in the neighborhood invited us to to the neighborhood party, and. Uh, so somebody asked, you know, assisted, oh, you know how people are real polite. What do you do? I said, I'm a minister. And I looked around and said, oh, don't everybody go home. <laughs> no, you wonder who invited me, right? <laughs> so somebody said, somebody said, can I get you a drink? I said, not if you want me to preach all night long. I said, I've run my mouth enough sober. You definitely don't want me to get me drunk up in here. Y'all will never go home. I said, we'll be running the bathtub full of water. I said, we'd be baptizing people and everything. Close the doors. Don't let them out. Huh? You don't want a drunk preacher on your hand. Jesus said to go into all the world. Amen. You never know where God will send you. You just don't know. And you're never off, off duty. I'll put it that way. 
He, the Holy Spirit can drop a word on you at any time and open you up to share things with people. Amen. I mean, wherever you are. So this, we don't leave anybody out. Everybody is to hear the gospel. Signs will follow those who believe. Believe people will get well. Believe people will be delivered. Believe people that have incurable diseases that nothing is impossible with God. So we do these things in his name with his authority. The name of Jesus has all power in it. It's greater than any name of under heaven, earth, in the earth. You ever notice nowadays, it used to be like when people wanted to make you scared of diseases, they gave them real long, interesting names, hoping people would try to memorize them. And, you know, the devil wants to always put his name up in lights. Now they done flipped it on us. Everything got an alphabet now. You ever notice that? It's, you know, D D B B D You know, that's the like, we supposed to, oh, wait, wait I forgot them letters. Huh? What's all them letters say? You need to try to memorize them. Anything, to get, the devil will do anything to get your attention and to make himself look bigger than God. Amen. A-D-H-G-L-F-M-O-K, we're about to J-E-S-U-S. You got me? Nothing's bigger than the name of Jesus. It'll all bow. All of it will bow to his name. They must bow. That's why they leave when you mention his name. Amen? That's why Christians get so persecuted. Because the devil trembles whenever the name of Jesus is mentioned. Amen? He gets scared. And they're scared wholesale now. Amen. Amen. You know, people think they can make Christians shut up. You know, take God out of school. The more, the more, the more we die, the more we multiply. You got me? You can't kill us. And they can't kill God. They think by harassing God's representatives, they can make some headway. You can't make me shut up. Amen. So we'll speak with new tongues, take up serpents. If we eat any deadly thing, it will not harm us. We will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. This is the pouring out of God's spirit. And it's in the midst of us right now. Amen. When you believe for the glory of God or the outpouring of God, you always get the results of God. Amen. So I can remember when we were first in the ministry, we would meditate on the scripture so much. And I remember telling God telling me, he said, um, he said, I'm going to require you to keep everybody in divine health and keep them and make this scripture real for them. So I remember um, uh, Sheree, when she was first, you know, she had that brain aneurysm, and that's why she was sick. Well, she said she was throwing up in the middle of the night, and she thought it was food poisoning. And I told her, I said, it couldn't be food poisoning. I said, because you've been standing on this scripture ever since you've been here. You understand what I'm saying? So right away I knew that wasn't it, but I knew also Nothing deadly could harm her. You understand me? Because of divine health. So we have a mandate to walk in divine health. You know? Now don't get condemned if you're taking a little pill here and there. You know, God is greater than your pill. But be working on it. 
You understand me? You don't want to be dependent on anything that the world has to offer. Always let your goal be to walk in divine health. Amen? So there is also a mandate for us of, of, uh, the mandate of the Great Commission is our guideline for self-government. Amen. So there's a discipline that every Christian needs to learn to walk in so that they can keep themselves available to God to do his will as far as preaching the gospel. In Proverbs 16.32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. We must govern ourselves. Self-government means self-control, self-rule, and self-determination so you won't give up. Many times people give up because they feel they can't master certain things. You can always master something. You gotta learn how to, this is the, 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 really the, the quest of Christianity is to learn how to work with the Holy Spirit so that you can reach these goals. You don't quit believing God for certain things just cause they haven't come to you yet. You gotta continue to, to trust God that He, everything's on schedule. You gotta believe that. Everything in my life is on schedule. Amen? That's part of what shalom means. It means nothing, nothing out of joint, nothing out of whack. Everything regimented and lined up the way it's supposed to be ready to march into your life at the proper time. Amen? So you, but you have to keep believing. If, if you don't believe anymore, God has no life to cause it to march in into you got to keep your faith out there you got to keep believing God you got to keep thanking him you got to keep blessing God you bless the Lord at all times let his praise continually be in your mouth and I mean continually when his praise is in your mouth you don't have time to complain about anything you don't have time to know what's missing and what you don't have yet Amen. You you expect the exceeding abundantly above all that he you can ask or think. So always put God in it like that and you'll get the results of God. It's a wonderful thing to trust him that way. So self-control is what we need, self-rule and self-determination. It also means sovereignty and freedom, independence, self-command or control of one's own affairs. So you can mandate the things that come into your life. We do that anyway. We just don't know and believe that we do. We'd rather believe that we're victims sometimes than to believe that we cause certain things to happen. Just learn how to correct them. You know, that should be good news to most of us because you have power now to direct good things to come into your life and to keep bad things out. Everybody has that authority. And it's a good thing. Every Christian, I should say, we all have that authority. It says we have to be in control of what we do and say at all times and also what we allow ourselves to think. Ah, there's the problem, huh? God has employed us to do kingdom business. He is depending on us to get it done. He is trusting us with his word and his anointing. God is entrusting us with so much. Therefore, no matter what we are going through, we have to exercise self-government. And that's really the, the, the strategy of the enemy. 
to distract us with things that really, you know, like he did with with Eve. He says, oh, if you eat that, you're going to be like God. Well, she was already like God. But sitting up listening to him, you forget your first name. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's about what we expose ourselves to. So what you think is very important. If you sit up and think you're a failure, you're, or, or if God begins to set you free from certain things, sometimes people fear they'll come back on them again. And so you can't live in fear. of The Bible says this affliction shall not rise up a second time. you got to believe that. You know, once you're done with something, you're done with it. Amen. Let it be done with you as well. And so just believe that you're done with it because you are. One of the things the enemy does to people, people who uh, sin once they've, they've found Christ. He'll make you think, he'll whoop you up with guilt. Look at you. That must be true about you. Might as well go and do it again. Huh? You ain't no good. <laughs> huh? And that's how people backslide. They just listen too much to the devil. Instead of getting in that word every day. Every day. I don't care how long you've been saved. you got to hit it every day. Even more so after you've been saved for a while. Because you want to go out a winner. The devil would do nothing, would like nothing better than to shoot your witness. Let you fall in front of a bunch of people and then they can look at you and say, well, what was, what am I, why am I serving God? You know, you, you have to watch yourself. You're, there are more people watching you than you think. Amen. Many people are watching you and understand. I get notes from people and they say, I've been following your ministry. I said, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it just strikes you like that sometimes. And I forget, you know, once you put put it out there, I mean, I don't belong to me anyway. I belong to God. If he tells him to follow, you know, some people come to conference, I saw your picture in a dream. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Was my hair comb or was I, in a, was I in a supermarket? You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and but God will speak to people any way he needs to speak to them to get help to them. You know, I'm a servant of God. I don't belong to myself you know i'd be stupid who people dreaming about me you know it ain't about that you know what i'm saying god i'm a servant of god amen god could use anything but he decided to use that so god employs us to do his kingdom business he is depending upon us just remember that that god is depending on you not you alone but he's depending on you to do your part you got to do your part. Everybody has a part to play. So no matter what we are going through, you have to exercise self-government. You got to get up, got to read your word. You got to thank God for this day. I, God, you made it for me to rejoice. You didn't make this day for me to be sad. You made it for me to be glad. You made it for me to rejoice, and I'm going to rejoice in you. Amen, the God of my salvation. You hit the devil with enough of that. He can't stand that. Oh, he's allergic. he go to scratching and carrying on and trying to get out the door. He will. It's like uh, throwing water on the wicked witch. You know, which, you know, when you think about it, did that chick ever bathe? Now, I'm just asking. Anybody ain't throwing no shade on her. She green enough already. But she was scared of water. 
on now. Maybe that's why she lived around monkeys all the time. I don't know. Y'all don't look at the same stuff I look at. I don't know. Maybe something wrong with me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the devil is just like that. You start getting in some word and worshiping God, he just shrivels up and ah, I'm melting. Huh? He's not going to stand around and watch you worship God. Come on now. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He got to leave. He will run in terror. Ow, I'm melting. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Romans thirteen fourteen. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Put on Christ and don't think about going spending money if it gets you in trouble. Put on Christ and don't think about going, you know, roaming around in the mall or something like that if it gets you. Don't, don't think about calling somebody and talking about somebody. Don't think about that stuff. Just put on Christ and don't make any provision for the flesh. You know, don't, don't put any any time in your day for getting wound up about something. You understand what I'm saying? Just put on Christ and leave him on. So we must always be mindful that we have been entrusted with the responsibility to declare good news. Not news you make up, but the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to set captives free. There is a hurting world that needs to hear that God loves them. When we allow ourselves to get caught up in self-pity, we forget that there is still a dying world out there. Man, you you could care less about anything when you're rolled up in yourself. You understand what I'm saying? All that self-stuff needs to get out of your head. There is somebody that needs to hear that God cares. There is somebody who needs to hear that no situation is too bad for God to intervene And to give them success in. They will master. They will get their victory. They will get their deliverance. They will see the family saved. They will get that job promotion. They'll get a better place to live. They'll get all of those things. Amen. So somebody needs to hear it. Needs to hear that Christ still heals. There are many out there that need to hear these things. Sometimes situations can look really bad, especially when people are surrounded by doubt and unbelief. But there is a light that shines in the darkness. That light is you and me. Our light can cut through all the negativity because we speak the word of God in faith. Amen. So always remember that when when the Bible says you are the light of the world, that means that darkness must flee when you show up. Amen. Unless you come crazy enough to engage in darkness. Now don't bring no, you know, nonsense with you. But always come in peace. Always come, you know, in humility. Be humble. And just, just entreat people. You know, just say, you know, you want me to pray with you? You know, there, I was, I was in the supermarket. I, I was coming out of the supermarket. And, uh, my car was parked next to a lady in her car, and I don't know what it was. I, I looked up and saw her. Her window was rolled down. And um, 
I had looked in my purse before I left the house and I found a prayer cloth in there in the corner. And I just put it right back in my purse. But somehow I knew I would run into somebody that would need it before the day was over. And so when I looked at her, she had a a, a turban on her head. You know, those scarves that they give women when they are having chemotherapy. And uh, she was saying something. She said, oh, you look so nice. And and uh, I said, girl, I look better with my hair combed. And she said, um, she said, oh, I'm, 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 I got to get mine back again. She said, is this, I said, I said, are you getting chemo? She said, yeah. I said, can you receive something from me? I want to pray for you. I said, I have a prayer cloth. I said, you know what that means? And she grabbed it right away. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, what you think I've been sitting here waiting for? And so we chatted a little bit and I told her, I said, keep that with you at all times. I said, the power of God is on there to heal you. She said, I believe it. And I said, can I pray for you? She said, sure. And so we prayed. Of course, the husband comes up behind me, but he's glad she was getting some prayer. He went, he just tipped up and didn't want to, he did, I mean no trouble, you know, like that kind of husband. And so because he, he loves his wife and he sees that this is something that's there to help her. And so I happen to have a, uh, um, an old flyer in my purse I said when you're better I said you can just uh, send an a email or something and let me know that you've gotten better I said please do that I said because God is going to heal you lady I said he really really is he didn't have me stop here for nothing and so you have to follow through and give them that assurance that their faith is adequate to do the job Just like Jesus did. The woman with the issue of blood knew in herself that she was healed. She had what she wanted. But she still had to have the knowledge and have it sealed in her as how it happened. And it's a good thing. Because if you don't know what your faith can do, you'll just be running around here thinking your healing came because you did this a certain way. Or you were there on a certain day. You understand what I'm saying? You need understanding of how these things happen. And so it's a good thing when when God gives you ability and opportunity to help people, know that you're on call 24-7 to help people. You're never not available to God to do what he wants you to do. And so all he wants us to do is step into that place of ministry and step into that place of servanthood and reach out and help in his name. When we do it in his name, it always works out. You try to insert yourself in there. You know, like preachers sometimes want to make a name for themselves and leave their card. Yeah, you just you show up at my meeting and, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's okay to do that if God moves you to do it. But you're not an advertisement for yourself. You're somebody who's there to help people. You can't focus on two things at one time. You understand what I'm saying? You keep both your eyes straight on the prize. Find out what God wants you to do in that setting. If people want to come to your meeting, they'll come to your meeting. But you need to get them healed and, and let them know that God loves you. They, they know God knows how to tell them how to find you if that's what needs to be done. But stay focused and, and stay in there. Stay in the hunt and stay in that place where you can share Christ with all the world. Amen. No, leaving nobody out. Praise God. Amen. 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 We're going to do our quiz now. Rachel, can you do this side?